0: Welcome back, everyone. I am Cass Piancy. I'm joined as usual by my partner in crime, Mr. Bennett Tomlin. How are you today?
1: I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Cass? I'm
0: doing good. We're joined by a super special guest today, uh, Katie Baker from The Ringer. Uh, she's been covering the Sam Bankman-Fried trial. Katie, welcome. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. I was just talking about how I'm very happy to be here. I've been a fan of you guys for a while. So this is exciting.
0: It's exciting for me, too, because you I, I, will put it in the show notes. But you did an article uh, very recently. Well, I guess it was a, a week ago now, um, but it's called Caroline Ellison was supposed to shock the SBF trial. Instead, the defense team has. I think this is like the best article I've read about the Sam Bankman fried trial it makes you feel like you're in the courtroom. So I just recommend everyone go read the article because you feel like you're there and you're like social media awareness, which Bennett and I haven't gone into this in depth a lot, but like, I I think social media actually played a really significant role in this. And you seem to have the pulse on that. And I'm just, yeah, like, I'd love to pick your brain on that. I I don't know where you'd wanna start, but just like, Maybe maybe just your delve into Caroline's social media, reading the books that she's read and like all of that stuff. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that stuff.
2: It's funny. It's like I'm thinking about it as you're talking and I'm like, you know, I've always had a little bit of the degenerate in me. so So <laughs> I've always, you know, kind of followed like what's going on on whatever the kind of latest social media is but like in the context of this case i mean um i write for the ringer which is you know i've been sitting in the courtroom and people say oh who are you here with and i say the ringer and they either know it or they don't and if they don't know it i have to then say it's a sports and culture site and (laughs) and here i am in a courtroom for a fraud you know a, a crypto fraud case Um, But to me, it is like a sports and a culture and a finance and a politics and a tech story. And I'm kind of trying to cover it in that way. And to me, it's all those things. And, you know, and I've always been someone who's been like extremely online, terminally online (laughs) ever since I was a teenager, moderating IRC chats in the 90s. And before I was a journalist, I worked in finance and did that kind of during the rise and fall of the, you know, the pre and post global financial crisis. So I love I love fraud. I love charlatans. But like I do, <laughs> I'm <laughs> not to say that. But I, I I've been it's been you know in my kind of career, which has changed here and there. It's been interesting just to see you know whether it's sports or entertainment or whatever I'm covering, like to see the the characters and the people who convince people to give them a lot of money. And you know just when you think like there can't possibly be like a new weird fraud character <laughs> that supersedes this, ne- this last one. Like there's always someone, and this is the latest someone. And so that's how I'm kind of approaching this.
1: There are always being another fraud. Someone is, I think there's what always keeps another this fraud. Someone? Going. <laughs>
2: honestly, I mean, like, honestly, you guys have so many of these like mi- <laughs> micro characters and I say micro, and it's like to the tune of like, you know, imagined and real and sometimes um, invested upon billions um, in this space, which has been so funny about covering this trial. Um, the ease with which they're switching between m little M's and double M's and B's and big B's and, you know, talking about sums of money, like they always have to explain to the jury, like this looks like it says a thousand dollars, but that means a billion dollars, you know, just like the way they keep these spreadsheets are very round numbers. And so that's been kind of funny to see, like the not just funny, but like very um, telling of the case.
0: It feels apt that you're covering it as like a cultural you know event because as as you as you said it's it is like a new fraud but it's also a huge massive fraud it's um gambling it's uh uh international it's like it's all of these things at once and it's crazy to me how much of this is like on twitter or like you know you guys are you're you were like going through her tumblr i guess we're into a new time. You know, like this didn't happen with Bernie Madoff. This didn't happen in the 08 crisis. People were not hunting on Twitter to find what someone said about I don't know, mortgage-backed securities. <laughs> that wasn't happening.
1: Cass, there's a scoop in there if you find Ben Bernanke's Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> I feel okay. like we, we got a,
2: a fabulous fab email here or two, but but no, I totally I totally know what you mean. Like I mean, that's what it has always been so interesting, I mean, about all of this, Sam in particular, but in the article I wrote about Caroline, like you look at Caroline's social media presence and you can just kind of trace her, you know, her trajectory. You can kind of see her as the person that she became and was and who she met and who she like was crushing on and, you know, and um <laughs> and what weird and. And also to her, like compelling theories, she was like getting excited about. And so that was interesting to read. And also, honestly, I I went back and read, you know, she quoted from this book called, you know, Reminiscences of a, a Stock Operator. That was written in like, I think I want to say 1923, a hundred years ago. So it's a century old. But when you read it, it's like reading Liar Spoker by Michael Lewis, who's another mm-hmm. character in all of this. this. Um, <laughs> it's very contemporary feeling.
1: What has been like most telling moment or most impactful takeaway from your time in the courtroom so far?
2: I think it's honestly been seeing the way the prosecution has a crafted a, a very elegant narrative, which I, I've. I, it's actually been kind of inspiring as a writer um i'm not someone that thinks a lot about like tries not to think too much about like that the bricks and bones of things because i'll i'll go crazier than i already go when i'm writing but (laughs) it's actually been kind of motivating to see the way that they kind of drop things in early on don't really beat anyone over the head with it and then return to it later and you're like oh i remember hearing about that guy or that entity or whatever it is and I think like a good example of that is this is a crypto story and a lot of the jurors aren't exactly people that are well-versed in crypto, but they've kind of like shown how this is just a, this isn't just a crypto crime. Like this is just a tale as old as time, kind of old school money's coming in on one side and going out the other side and it's not supposed to. And they've just done a good job of like showing that while not like speaking down to the jury and still incorporating a lot of the complicated aspects and stopping to explain those things to them, but also stopping to explain simple concepts. And I think they really just like honored the jury in a way that I'm sure the jury feels that they have gotten a lot of the important information. So, but yeah, I mean, so I know you had Danny on um, and he was talking about the Australian Santa Claus forensic <laughs> auditor uh professor guy uh the expert witness they had going into it i thought to myself like this might be kind of a tedious bit of testimony it's a lot of like when you hear forensic accounting but they it was like a very simple powerpoint with arrows and we had already heard about all these entities and all these payments that we saw had already come up like we already knew k5 so then you see the volume of transactions going to k5 and I just think about the jurors seeing that and they can have a little light bulb moment in their head the same way I did sitting there like that same guy, the Kim Kardashian relationship broker, they're giving him like increasing to a billion dollars. But that's what's really stuck out to me is how they've like woven things in very expertly.
0: I think you're right, because I've mentioned, I think in a review I did of um, Zeke Fox's book Number Go Up, I mentioned how he does a really good job of explaining it, I he's mostly explaining scams and frauds and stuff like that. He's not he doesn't delve into like, here's how Bitcoin works or something. Right. Like he's he doesn't bother doing that. That's not the point of his book. So like on cryptocurrency Twitter, there's so many people who are like, why aren't why aren't they talking about Tether or why aren't they talking about uh, this exchange or this person or this? And I'm like, well, they don't have to. There's no need to bring in like a bunch of complicated shit. Bennett and I started this podcast, and it took us three hours to try to explain Tether to no one. Like, that's not even to a jury. Like, I, so I. I <laughs> I think you're right that it's not, it's not even dumbing it down. It's just being respectful and saying like, okay, we're focusing on the fraud part of this. And that is not, that has nothing to do with decentralization or immutable ledgers or whatever.
2: Exactly. I could like imagine the prosecution that confuses the jury so much by being like, and then the blockchain is, and it's like, no, it doesn't, you know what? Like, (laughs) it's very simple. It's very old. It's very something you've seen before something we all know. And the judge has been kind of the proxy of that. Like he's been, I noticed that sometimes he asks questions in terms of like, oh, so it's like a car loan. And, you know, so he like, mm. he puts it into terms where it's like, it doesn't matter that this is Genesis lending to, you know, like, you don't, don't, don't worry about that. It's a car loan. It's a depreciating (laughs) asset, you know, it's a, you know, whatever it is. And so that's been like kind of my biggest takeaway that the, I think prosecution's been very effective on that front.
1: You mentioned K-5 there. Could you talk a little bit about what K-5 is and what Sam Bankman-Fried's relationship with this firm was?
2: I think it was in Nashad's testimony. Um, I could be wrong about when it was first introduced, but it was the importance to Sam of these kind of relationship brokers. And, you know, um, something that I've noticed the prosecution doing throughout is that they never miss an opportunity to show the extent to which FTX and Sam were in like the popular um, imagination and Sight lines. They show him on Good Morning America. They always have to put things in the record, so they want to introduce the fact that Shaquille O'Neal tweeted in terms of X FTX, and so you've got this prosecutor standing there saying, "Who is Shaq?" <laughs> to the and then it's kind of you know Shaquille O'Neal is an NBA player, but. Sam was very excited about this new relationship he had with K5 and the relationship brokers behind it, who were these kind of Hollywood power players. And he had been to an event and he wrote an email very excited about, I think, Kim Kardashian. It it was funny reading the list of things and seeing who he was like excited about. He was like, I bet if I gave him, you know. 12 hours, I could get a dinner with, it was like Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. It was, it was like his, a Rihanna was on it. It was like Elon Musk, <laughs> Rihanna, and like two other people. It was like his idea of like the, the hardest power. to get four people in the world. So to him, it, he was then wanting to invest in, to the tune of like billion dollars um, and was kind of in the process of ramping up in that investment. This sort of joint venture, um, I was looking at some of the SPVs that K five had, and it's kind of a murderer's row of a lot of the you know the the hot tech companies of that era that he wanted to be involved with, and so it was just you know to the jury, it was just another story about how he was trying to become like a power player um, beyond just um, the crypto sphere.
1: And Kate, you mentioned Shaq there. K five also introduced, him, I believe, to Larry David, who is obviously in their famous Super Bowl ad, and I believe Tom Brady as well. So several of like these key figures who are out there, like putting FTX in the minds of people who aren't hosting cryptocurrency podcasts. <laughs> K five was important. Oh, and uh, Bill Clinton and Tony Blair, I think, came through K five yeah, eventually say, the too. The Clintons
2: were definitely adjacent to all this too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and. Clinton and Blair eventually came down to Scaramucci and Bankman Freed's Crypto Bahamas conference where they were speakers.
2: Yeah. And Scaramucci, so like what I was, I started saying earlier and interrupted my own self as usual, but like, um, even when they were doing like phone records and they had to kind of do the nitty gritty of like asking this FBI phone analysis, like what was he doing on this date? And the reason they were doing that is basically to establish jurisdiction for why the, Southern District of New York is trying this case. So it's, you know, it's kind of just the procedural kind of thing, but they don't miss an opportunity to tie each location to an email or a Slack message or a DM about like a social engagement that Sam had. And it was so funny how they did it because I noticed it was like started with like business associates we've heard of. Then suddenly it was like, you know, I forget like a celebrity. And then it was like Eric, like the mayor, Eric Adams, of course then it was the governor then it was f- former president clinton and you know and then it's like a you know some kind of minister of saudi investment asking for an internship for his son like it was ever thus like no matter where, how high you get no matter what circles you're in like someone's son needs an internship so <laughs> that was you know they've kind of done that same thing throughout like that's kind of how they even got you know, the, the Kelsey Piper conversation, um, into the evidence was like kind of in a similar way. It was in the context of like, how does Twitter work? And then they sort of built into that.
0: The moment that I ended up reaching out to you, um, to come on the show was you, you were (laughs) replying. I have, there's no need to name names. You were replying to someone, an acquaintance and friend of Bennett and I, he had a tweet that was entered into, uh, into evidence, and you were letting him know, like, "Hey, you were entered into evidence today in the <laughs> in the trial." And he was like, "Which tweet?" And it was uh, something about it. he was being sarcastic and trolling and saying something about adding more funds into his FTX account as everything was collapsing. And I and tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but I believe it was entered into evidence because Sam liked that tweet.
2: So, <laughs> long story short. Uh, yeah, I was sitting in in the courtroom, and I see kind of yeah, someone I know on Twitter to be a you know a, a ship poster, and it's it's a tweet that's kind of like playing into the it's during the collapse, and he's like. You know he, I'm, I'm paraphrasing but it's very like steady lads like i'm i'm adding more funds you know what i mean like i know i'm i'm mixing uh mi- mixing metaphors it's, it was here, basically
0: but- it was basically re-quoting quan kwan yes you're right yeah, yes that's yeah. what it, that's exactly what it was um,
2: that was the that was the gist of it and the sbf liked it and the in the context of why it was <laughs> why it was entered into evidence. They were sort of using it as an example of what does it look like when SBF likes a tweet? What does it mean to like a tweet? Like they were interviewing, I think, like a, a – I can't remember if it was a Twitter. I think it was a a state, a Southern District of New York employee who is in, on the um, social media team who, you know, extracts the forensic analysis. It's like – I'm like, Sam, you know, <laughs> you and me both got like, um, mister. Yeah. So that was why the tweet was in evidence. But they never miss an opportunity to, do- to show something that the jury is going to see. And maybe they'll remember that in their mind, someone opened an account. But it's not like they had to prove that this was like... As they always Real. say, like it's not entered for the truth; it's entered for the state of mind. Mar- yeah, mind. Which, you know, my first day in court, I had to turn to someone to be like, "What does it mean when they say this all the time?" You know, I'm I'm a novice in court, just like anyone, and I've 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 gotten very familiar with that. But it's interesting, like kind of to see how that works and what can and can't go into evidence. And but yeah, so that tweet w- kind of was um, an example of that, and it was very funny when the the, the tweeter found out he was now. No, you know, entered into the record.
0: Bennett's been entered into and like, you know, a yeah. Bunch of...
2: I was excited when I saw you come <laughs> up. Was that during Caroline's testimony? I can't remember.
0: Uh, yes, yes. I believe, I believe that. So. Yes. It's interesting to me how it's span. It's like this trial spans both the celebrity world and this like exclusive, you know, billionaires club and all the, all this crazy shit that we think is real. And I guess is real. you know, that, that kind of stuff. And then meanwhile, it's also just Twitter that we're all on and interacting with and seeing the same stupid posts and it's getting entered into evidence. It's it's wildly weird. It just is such a weird sensation. And then reading your article, it just feels like it's really weird to be in the courtroom too. Like the energy feels weird. It sounds like everything is odd all the time and a little off. Like, can you can you give me a a sense of of the courtroom. I just, yeah, I appreciated your descript- description.
2: Sometimes I wonder, like, am I reading too much into, oh, I think the jury yawned at this moment. But to me, like, and when I was pitching this to my editors and kind of explaining how I would want to cover this, I was like, to me, this is like covering like a sporting event. And I don't say that to diminish it, but like, it's it's kind of like, you know, you're capturing like the swings of emotion and the people involved and the fact that it's humans. And just when you think that you can like, bet on what's going to happen like some someone comes out of the woodwork and does something strange and so i i think like i've felt it most when two of the cross examinations. so like i thought caroline's cross-examination they just like weren't landing anything and you could just look around and look at the jury and it just was easy to see that even when they would sort of try like there was a few times when they tried to sort of bring up the like the you wanted to crush the competition and they're implicitly referencing like a, another of Sam's like one time girlfriends, but the jury doesn't know that. And they didn't like ever say that. So you could like watch those things just not just sort of wither on the vine Um and you could just feel it. You could just watch the jurors like looking around. And then there's other times when you can see them looking back and forth. And I thought Nishad's cross testimony was a time when the defense actually was, you know, doing a good job of like, I don't know, just You know, nudging him like in a way that I thought they were going to do to Caroline Moore, just getting under his skin, kind of Mm. making him look a little squirmy. Um, He's obviously of the three kind of inner circle people that testified to me was the most emotional guy. And that was clear through all of his testimony, direct and otherwise. But they dug into that a little bit. And I don't think they undermined anything that he said, but I think you could just see the difference in like what was successful mm-hmm. just in watching the jury kind of be enlivened by it and going back and forth like the volley of it versus just being like what are they talking about ftx fiat account like nomenclature like i mean that's like what the caroline cross was it was very strange
0: there's a moment in your article that you described and no one else i don't remember anyone else describing this especially the way you did which was they first go can you point to sam bankman freed and she's like yes and then she starts looking for him and can't find him and they're like, you can stand up if you can't see him. And so she stands up and she still can't see him. I know you didn't say this in the article, but in my mind, I'm just like, I'm thinking like a juror or maybe just a maybe just a normal human being, and going like, Why can't you find him? And I get in your article you mentioned like he was in a weird spot in the courtroom and stuff, but like and he had a new haircut. But still yeah. you're like, How familiar are you, familiar are you with this guy? <laughs> If you can't spot him, like, he was your boss for a, a, over a year. Like, wh- I, why can't you find this guy in the court? I, and I, you're just like, get find him, you know? Like, what, what, what is going on, you know? Like, in those moments, I'm just wondering if, yeah, if you have any other moments like that to, like, where you're just, like, on pins and needles or frustrated or, like, you can just sense it in the courtroom.
2: Well, I was kind of, like, looking forward to that moment because I was asking other friends. I was like, wait, do they really have to, like, Uh, you know, you see that there's things you see on TV. Um, And that was one of them. Like, wow, you really do stand in point. Um, And yeah, she couldn't find him. And then right after that, which I actually think settled the tension in the room, they were like, what's he wearing? Like they have to say what he's wearing. And you could tell she didn't know like how, like that's the other thing. So many of these people testifying are such literal people. And it's been very funny to like hear their answers to things. Um, but she's uh, a suit <laughs> and you can see the <laughs> jurors chuckling and you're like, OK, here we go. And now we begin on on that note, <laughs> which is probably actually the right note. I mean, a lot of the very like major moments in the court have been judge related. He's very, he's been very vocal, you know, and I'd say on both sides, he's definitely kind of, you know, he nips at the prosecution from time to time, but he really he really wrecks the defense and to a point where sometimes you can see the jurors feel like they're almost in on the joke like oh this defense ah, oh, am I right like these guys again <laughs> and he's kind of cultivated this mood in the courtroom that's sort of like these chuckleheads need to get their act together a little bit and hmm. I, and I I feel like that's true to say like I don't want to Accuse him of being like one sided because I don't think he is. I, I, I think he's just reacting to different calibers of preparation for the case and, you know, different calibers of like what they have to prepare the case with. Sometimes I think to myself, like the defense only has so much.
0: Well, they have a million pages of discovery or whatever, but your point's taken. And it's interesting to me because I don't Bennett's too young for this and i'll i'll assume you're too young for this too but as a child i'm going to date myself here but as as a as a child i do recall my mom was obsessed with the oj trial and so constantly i would hear it like and it was played live i don't even understand exactly. like it, it wasn't i guess it was a state case right so it wasn't a federal case so they were playing it live and it was this huge media event and i actually distinctly remember everyone talking about uh judge his name was judge Ito and him being Lance this Ito, like Lance
2: Ito I want to say yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Lance Ito exactly uh and he was like a huge personality in this trial and for like all the wrong reasons like everyone hated that he w- it, it he was a spectacle because he knew that it was being broadcast across the world and stuff and I think what's really refreshing to me about Judge Kaplan is that it's like, this isn't being broadcast. This is, it might be a big trial and the media is there or whatever. But like, this guy is not saying the stuff because he wants the whole public to see it and he can get a TV show out of it or something. Like, you, you know that this is him being like what are you guys doing? Or what? I, like, he's yeah. he's like an old cranky man that's that, <laughs> that doesn't like what these lawyers are doing with their repetition and their... their uh, the one, I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the Danny episode. I think I did, but he said something about like, some people won't be alive in 10 minutes. And I'm just like...
2: Yeah, the other day, like he was getting mad about... Um... You know, they brought this guy from Texas who was like worked at Google basically to establish that this is the metadata and this is the it shows Caroline Ellison <laughs> access the document and Sam um, Bankman fried access document. And that was it. That was like the whole reason he was there. And the judge was <laughs> like, Why wasn't this just like a fact that was <laughs> agreed upon as like why did we have to testify to this and at one point he said and this was he sends the jury out of the room when he was doing this kind of admonishment but he said at one point this is a crime and then he was like <laughs> not as big as the crime in question but like a crime nevertheless he's been a very big factor in the case and I mean I think early on the I think like in the very very first stages of the case was assigned to a different judge who recused herself because her husband worked for a firm that had worked with FTX, or I mean, I forget the exact um, connection, but mm. uh, just to think about how different of a case it might have been, or not to make another sports analogy, but in the same way where when I first covered a basketball game and team, I remember being very like, wow, the agents kind of run all this shit, like in a way that I guess I knew, but I didn't really know. It's all about the agents, and like when you meet all this the beat writers, all they care about is talking to the agents and what the agents said. Um, and I feel like it's kind of like that with the judge. Like, of course, I I know that a judge runs the courtroom, but like to really see it in action, to see how much they are the liaison to the jury and they can shut things down so fast or they can allow things. And um, that's been really interesting in this case. And, you know, and also he's g- going to be the guy that sentences, I think, Um Caroline and Gary and Nashad. So it's been interesting to think about how he's reacted to those three people.
0: I'm interested to hear your take on this. I I, I keep bringing up uh, Liz Lapato in every single As episode. As you should,
2: like <laughs> the best, like read her stuff at The Verge. It's so good.
0: I also recommend every single article that she's written about the trial. It's been very, very, very good and usually quite, quite interesting in terms of I. she has a take that people aren't necessarily aware of until she writes it down, which I think is really cool. But She mentioned that one of the prosecutors, I believe it's Danielle Sassoon. So she said she's like super intimidating um, and that she's very interested in SBF taking the stand because she's interested in how these prosecutors are going to deal with him. And how he's going to react to that. I'm wondering what you're thinking about that. Like, I know everybody's like, oh, fireworks. But I'm like, what What do you th- what? Like, OK, fireworks. But like, what do you actually what do you actually expect here?
2: You know, they have a multitude of prosecutors who have been kind of taking turns. But I'd say there's sort of two lead ones, Nicholas Roos and then Danielle Sassoon. They've gotten sort of the biggest assignments. Danielle uh, did Caroline Ellison, which I thought was just obviously like, you know, this is a jury with. I think the jury itself is nine women and three men, and then they have six alternates who are probably a little bit more like three more men and three women, uh, maybe, you know, give or take. But we were thinking about if Sam testifies, who would do the cross-examination, and I think it could be smart to have Danielle do it because she's very quick, but she's also just, she was able to remain really calm. I feel like Roos gets a little sarcastic, like not in a bad way, but I could see if it was him and Sam, it could get a little bit like testy. (laughs) I think um, just even seeing the way that, that Danielle Sassoon handles objections and, you know, Mark Cohen is kind of always, you know, trying to trip her up and she's just very cool and collected. I feel like she's got a good little, winking um, rapport with the jury like when um, I think it was Ken son was saying that he was telling Sam all these you know options or kind of that he didn't have that many options and they said what did Sam say and he said yep yep and she said when you say yep yep are you saying that's what he said and the jury all laughed like it's one of those <laughs> things that in the transcript probably wouldn't like read as much but it was this very i don't know it was this moment in the courtroom where you just felt like the jury was locked into what she was saying and she was had this connection with them and it was illustrative of sam's kind of demeanor but yeah so i'm interested to see who they would choose to cross sam i think she could be effective because i could see him if he were to be condescending to anyone it might play worse if he's condescending to her versus I could see him in ruse kind of mm, almost being at too much of like the same wavelength, you know what I'm saying?
0: I had the opportunity to um, interview Sam about three hours before he got arrested in the Bahamas. and um, And I will say that I was not calm and collected and like... <laughs> and fair and balanced and like, oh, I'll just uh, undermine his argument with a smart little witty thing or something. Like, it was straight up like, hey, no, 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 no. Explain to me how this isn't bank fraud, okay? Explain how this isn't wire fraud. It is wire fraud, Sam. No, no, he's not answering any question. Like, I it was, I, I definitely lost my temper. Where you uh, described having customer funds sent to Alameda as opposed to FTX. Um, and that these were being wired through all of these banks. Essentially, your suggestion Sorry, was that the that, said... these cu- that these customer funds were being sent to Alameda Research, and my, these customers
3: who were customers of FTX. Can you help me understand how that's not wire fraud? Sorry. T- be clear and i'm done answering questions from you after this uh, like you this is not a constructive approach but i will answer none of it question. has been none of it has been sam you don't answer I questions understand. you don't... i understand so i'm going to answer this question um, no you're not all right i won't if you don't want me to like you just I, i'd love for you to answer. actually answer any questions so
0: let's just real quick i do want right. to keep things as civil as possible i understand i understand the positions and i understand uh, the 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 sentiment behind some of this, but I, I do wanna hear the answer here, if possible, Sam.
3: Yeah, totally. So um, that that you, what you were referencing there um, was a different, pay- like I said, there are many, many payment routes. This is an example of, you know, there being many different payment routes. Um, if you rewind back to, um, uh, to, you know, 2019, 2020, at that point, which is different from what I described just now, um, at that point, um, FTX mostly did not have its own bank accounts. and uh, and so instead, when customers wanted to wire money, um they could reach out to Alameda, get wire instructions there and wire money choose to wire money straight to Alameda Research, and then have Alameda transfer them through a ledger transfer effectively on FTX to them. That was, I believe, roughly speaking, um, the route that some people used in the, especially in the early days um of ftx uh in order to I uh, you know get a wire transfer to result in them being able to access ftx um i to my knowledge they were aware of that relationship and they were aware of uh why it was the way it was and, and of who they were uh, sending funds to um i you know i think generally like the name on the account was alameda research um i although i like i, I don't know all the details here um and uh and so that was that was a separate um pathway that you know over time we decommissioned as we got access to uh you, basically as ftx was able to get access to uh its own set of bank accounts
0: i, I call it the jewish like the jewish mother nagging methodology of interview and i did def- i definitely actually did get under his skin and ultimately <laughs> he admitted that like his excuse for The bank fraud was like well yeah it was bank fraud before but you know but then but then and i was just like okay okay so it's bank fraud good
2: speaking of of not just jewish fathers all mothers everywhere myself included it's very it's a very like the diet starts tomorrow like method like methodology of accounting it's like don't worry like the money's good i got it all under control (laughs) like just give me a few more days like one, just like, I'm just gonna have one more donut. <laughs> and then it's all we just check back with me in a week, I'm gonna be a new woman, you know, and I feel like that's the same thing that he was doing. Like, it's, you know, they showed the um one of the things that I think really hit in the courtroom was they showed the Good Morning America, George Stephanopoulos interview that was like, and, you know, and then we keep hearing the date, like, November 2022, November 2022, you know, that's kind of when everything really Fell to pieces and they were it was just funny. They were like, December first, twenty twenty two. And so it's just you you realize, well, oh, this is after all that. And then you see him, and that was this great interview where, you know, he's reading the loan documents and SPF is whispering, can't be loaned out. Uh can't be loaned out. That are but
1: not here. Here thing. it says that the digital assets may not be loaned to FTX trading. They can't be loaned out.
3: I
2: That was just a very telling <laughs> piece of evidence, you know. And and I do think also if Sam chooses to testify, we've now seen him on camera speaking and seeing that it's bullshit. And so if he does testify, like, I think you lose a little bit of the resonance of like what he's saying. If you're the uh, if you're the defense, I mean.
0: Yeah, but they have no they have absolutely no control over that guy. I mean, he just wants to do it. I understand, though, if he doesn't do it, if they don't put up any defense at all, his odds are pretty much zero that he's going to get off on any of these charges. So you have to put up some sort of defense. And then you think to yourself, especially if you're Sam Bankman Freed, you think, I can explain this. <laughs> and I yeah, am, I and can, that I gives can, me point zero .01. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that gives
1: me. That's zero. how he felt
2: toward the balance sheet. He's like, I can fix this. Like, <laughs> just like give
1: me some time. You say, just give me some time. But like, even up until like, literally the day before his arrest, he was going to speak to Congress. He was getting ready to go do that. <laughs> he literally still believed, up until the moment the cuffs were on him, I need just one more chance to put my face in front of the right people, say the right words, and my problems will go away. And just to be clear. To give you some idea on what Sam Bankman-Fried thinks the right words are when you committed criminal acts, allegedly committed criminal acts, of course I mean, is to just go out there and say, I fucked up. That's how you should open your under oath testimony when you to Congress, when committed criminal to acts. To Congress.
2: It's like, who can resist? They're still trying to do it, right? They're still trying to uh, argue for an- the val- the current valuation of Anthropic as if, like, the latest investment extrapolated to evaluation it's like the same thing that they've already been talking about they're like no no but look in this case um look at this multiple and so and they've and they've sort of they haven't really done in my mind a like example of doing this but they've started to kind of talk about the fungibility of a dollar and you know so you know the road they're trying to go down like oh they're just it's all the same pool of money um but yeah they're still they're still kind of going down that road like with the when they're trying to get on topic and the judge isn't having it and i think danny talked about this you know he said um if i rob if i rob you and win the lottery like i still robbed you yeah um but you can see how if sam takes a stand how he's starting to say well these were all these incredibly next level ideas that I had. And I just thought my state of mind was that if I could just, you know, and, and maybe hoping that someone thinks that that means it's not
0: fraud. Criminal negligence, right? Like I, 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 that's all I'm, I keep repeating in my mind is they really need them to believe this is criminal negligence, not, not intentional fraud.
2: You would have to think a lot of people were straight up lying. Who's, entire deals with the government are contingent upon them not lying to think that that's the case. Um, And yeah, maybe someone is able to make those mental gymnastics, but like, I don't, you know, I've, I've also been thinking about how, like, how would this be different if it was in California versus New York and you had a different jury and maybe in California you would capture a couple, you know, people in your pool who would be more easily willing to hippie anti go down those mental roads. (laughs) And I think in New York, it's a lot of guys that are, you know, not guys, but you know, guys and gals that are like they have a a really good bullshit detector and are just seeing someone who's not even a particularly artful bullshit artist. You know, I, I think they just, that's kind of my take on like, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you like did the same thing over again with a, Silicon Valley pool, like what what you might pull.
0: <laughs> are you going to be attending the rest of the trial and trying and trying to get in? Are you trying to get into the like actual the actual courtroom?
2: I think they said two days before um, the defense begins, they have to file who their witnesses or if they're having a defense or um, mm-hmm. as I as I talk now, I don't I still don't know whether Sam's testifying. Um, if he is testifying, I am hoping to be there for it. And if I'm there for it, I'm hoping to be there for it. So yeah, wish me luck. We'll see. It's been really cool to cover it um, the past few weeks. And um, I'm really, you know, glad that my editors like let me go on this wild ride. I think, I think they heard the passion in my voice as I was pitching it and they, um, they let me, let me go. And then they, you know, we've kind of seen that it's been just like a really interesting case, even though it doesn't, It doesn't seem like a close case, but there's still, like, a lot of interesting things that are still being, like, Mm. um, that are coming to light in the course of it. So, but we'll see. Who knows? I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, very um, one-sided, even though I have come to, you know, when you interpret what you've seen, it has tilted to one side. But, you know, I'm I'm willing to be... uh, convinced and swayed. And yeah, we'll see. Game It on. feels increasingly
1: <laughs> unlikely that Sam Bankman-Fried was the only FTX executive not to commit felonies. Everyone Correct. else around him was committing felonies and he didn't even know they were happening. I mean, come on.
0: I think I, maybe we brought this up with um, David Z. Morris. I know that the defense team or, or the firm, the law firm that's representing Sam Bankman-Fried is the Same one that represented Ghislaine Maxwell. For anyone who's unfamiliar, she was the partner in crime uh, for um, Jeffrey Epstein. I guess I'm just reflecting on that and going like, has anyone thought about like, how did they perform in that trial? Like she got 20, what'd she get? 20 years, I believe in federal, in federal prison. She wasn't expected to get off either. Maybe she had better odds of getting, of getting away with it than um, Sam Bankman-Fried did at the beginning of this trial. So I'm just kind of curious if like, I, it doesn't seem like you bet on this defense team to completely get you off of criminal charges, which is maybe why this is a little bit puzzling for everybody if Sam really thinks that he's going to somehow escape any any charges whatsoever. Like, I can't imagine. He can't believe that, you know?
2: No, I know. Well I, I always think that. I think about like what's Sam thinking right now, especially... So, like two things. So, the lawyers, like you said, have you know a lot of high-profile uh, defense cases under their belt. They're also like former prosecutors back in the day, which I think is kind of a somewhat of a standard trajectory for a lot of people. I think, to some extent, it's like, well, they they can navigate the system. Maybe they can, you know, knock off years. But you would think if you're looking to knock off years, there's a better way to do it, which would be to not go to trial. Because you hear stats about when you go to trial, I guess SDNY, it's like 90% of the time they win or something like that. 96. I just, so with all that in mind and knowing Sam, and I, I just keep thinking, like, what is he thinking when the sort of third string lawyer on his team is fumbling around (laughs) (laughs) cross-examination he must just think this idiot whether or not he's right whether or not he could ever do do this kind of work you know I offered not for the truth of it but for the effect on the listener your honor (laughs) Um, I'm not saying he's an idiot but like I just always wonder what must Sam be thinking and you can sometimes get a proxy into what he might be thinking by looking over at his parents and they're scribbling on a notepad and sometimes they're more animated than other times but i think the same thing what are they thinking they they or some of their associates are spending all this money what are they trying to get out of the money what are, you know they're not they're not naive
0: that's an amazing question right it's like what what is the goal here is it to get a possible solid appeal like i'm just i'm i'm genuinely confused as to what they're attempting to do
2: I don't know much, but like, I would think to get an appeal, you'd have to have like grossly incompetent lawyers, and it doesn't seem like they're grossly incompetent. It's like if you're trying to tank for the number one draft pick, you like, you got to do a better job than that. But, (laughs) um, (laughs) but yeah, I don't, I sometimes don't know what they're looking to do. If this was really your swing for the fences, then why, why is your cross examination of Caroline like kind of falling on such, such just, such a dud.
0: Obviously, Sam is convinced that he's the tr- the soothsayer here and the truth teller, right? Like he's convinced of that. F- fine, and fr- based on like based on some of the interviews with Sam at his home that I've read, it it pretty much sounds like his mom is very clearly convinced that he can't tell a lie, so she's on board with whatever that is. But then that, I I haven't heard that from from Joe and I'm just like, you guys are wagering your home and your entire, everything, your reputation, everything. You're you're putting it all on the line for what, for what? Like, and I can't wrap my head around that because they're the ones, Sam, Sam doesn't have money to put up. They have money to put up and I'm just, what is happening, you know, what is this?
2: Honestly, to me, that continues to be like the unanswered unanswerable maybe question of just what are they trying to accomplish? What do they and and in that in light of that, like how do they think it's going? And, you know, and they're there every day and and increasingly they're sort of being entered into evidence. Um, you know, I had read the FTX uh bankruptcy suit against them. And there's a lot of details in that uh, about the involvement they had on the charitable side and on the real estate side and on the operational side. And, um and a lot of that stuff actually came up in the forensic accountant guy, he was showing flows of money to their $16 million condo in the Bahamas and, um and showing them signing off on things. And I think and stuff with Nishad, um, with his testimony, they were coming up in the guise of directing money to be kind of channeled through him. So you would think that they would not want to go to Court either because all of these things are coming out in the record about them, in multiple fronts. So yeah, I that that remains fascinating. I, I don't have like the any answers. I, I'm but it, I'm just always looking to see their reactions to things, and they they can be pretty reactive sometimes. You know,
1: we talked a little bit about. K-5 and how it was a relationship kind of super connector for Sam Bankman-Fried that let him access all these celebrities and all these athletes. Anthony Scaramucci, by his own sometimes boisterous description, was one of Sam Bankman-Fried's political super connectors, where he described opening his Rolodex of political context to Sam Bankman-Fried. We could argue about the quality and quantity of those contacts later. But do you think there's ever going to be any kind of reckoning culturally or socially with how easy it was for Sam Bankman-Fried to access like a couple of these nodes and get so close to power so quickly?
2: That's interesting. Like and Scaramucci's come up with a tiny bit. Um, they've sort sort of inserted a couple of like, emails and tweets from him in there. In my dreams, he would testify of it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think like it's been interesting to see when the when some of the um, the political like Nishad straw man donor type stuff came up. You know, you see people saying, well, this is just how it is. This is this is not shocking at all. And then other people saying, what the hell is this? But I think the story they told the jury, um, they did a good job of finding the kind of cinematic elements of it, of it, which were. Uh, you know, a staffer of Sam's brother flying to the Bahamas with a, you know, a case of blank checks to be signed and then flying away. And, you know, they haven't really like gotten into the effective altruism thing um, that Sam's involved in very much at all. They've sort of spoke to it in Caroline's testimony about how he's a utilitarian and how he felt like it was okay to lie and steal. They've quoted Will McCaskill, but they haven't said who Will McCaskill really was or what he represented. So they've sort of, that's one of the things that they've just been like, doesn't matter um, in this case for the jury. Um, We all know that that was like this huge thing around it. Um, And I do think that like, that is kind of been almost the collateral damage of the case has been to that movement in some ways, even though it's not like within the trial. Collateral damage
0: almost makes it sound like a bad thing though. And I I just want to say that I'm like, (laughs) I'm very, I'm pro that collateral damage for
2: for what it's worth. (laughs) yeah no i just mean in terms of like if there's people that are shocked by something or like what yeah but i i know i was like trying to think of like how you would even explain it's the like, right
0: phrase i just want to yeah, clarify no, that. no no i
2: agree but but that's not been something that's been like inside the courtroom at all really i mean a little bit of it but not they haven't explained earn to give or anything
0: right this is the same as like usdc or t or t usd or usdt like they're not going to explain that shit. They're not going to explain stable coins to a, a jury of your peers. They don't. No one cares about fucking stable coins.
1: stable coins.
2: They did explain stable coins to the jury. Yeah, of they, the they peers. <laughs> There was a de- definition of stable coins. But yeah, they kind of say it and move on. They don't. Right. They just they're just they not like well tether
0: is supposed to be it's not that is not yeah. what they're going to do you know like yeah. I, I Are you I need saying
1: to... they're trying to prove a criminal case and not satisfy a couple of weirdos we ha- on twitter <laughs>
2: <laughs> we haven't gotten a um and and i i don't mean to say this right after you said weirdos on twitter because i i interviewed him for the same article that i interviewed kaz for but we haven't gotten a bit for next tweet i don't think
0: it's been wacky i'm really looking forward to your next article like so much i'm uh super excited i hope it's coming out this week or next week i have no idea i'm, I'm not your editor so i'm not going what gonna... are you my
2: editor what <laughs> <Yeah>. is this <laughs> slack uh any update um no yeah i will my plan is to have something this week coming out of what the judge called the intermission even it was his, he's at a judges conference, which I just think is so funny to imagine <laughs> I love like I love them that. all in their robes like during the <laughs> Macarena or something. Um, but yeah, coming out of intermission, I'm hoping to have just like kind of a something speaking to like what, you know, all the things that we've seen and learned. And um, and then yeah, if we'll see if Sam testifies, um, I will Let's do my, so. <laughs> my very best to be there for it.
0: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh. Um, <laughs> awesome well thank you for uh thanks for coming on katie that was uh that was fantastic
2: thanks for having me it was so fun to talk to you guys like i said i've been a fan for a long time